I'm Mark Vinette, and this is The Story of America. In this episode, we will continue discovering the United States' ancient pre-Columbian cultures and civilizations as we move ever closer to the arrival of Europeans on the continent during the remarkable Age of Exploration. Join me on a fascinating, epic trek back to the enthralling and revealing pre-Columbian period of America. The pre-Columbian era incorporates the history of North America before the appearance of significant European influences on the continent, spanning the time of the original settlement by the first arrivals to European colonization. While the phrase pre-Columbian era literally refers only to the time preceding Christopher Columbus's voyages of 1492, in practice, the phrase is usually used to denote the entire history of indigenous North American cultures until those cultures were extensively altered by Europeans. Many pre-Columbian civilizations in North America were marked by permanent settlements, cities, agriculture, civic and monumental architecture, major earthworks, and complex societal hierarchies. Some of these civilizations had long faded by the time of the first permanent European colonies and are known only through archaeological investigations and oral history. Other civilizations were contemporary with the colonial period and were described in European historical accounts of the time. Unfortunately, only a few had their own written records, giving modern historians incomplete glimpses of their ancient culture and knowledge. Long before the first Europeans arrived, there were some 500 nations already in North America. They blanketed the continent from coast to coast, from the Gulf of Mexico to the Arctic. There were tens of millions of people in an enormous variety of tribes speaking over 300 distinct languages and a thousand different dialects. Independent cultures developed at different times, shaped by their immediate environments. North America covers vast areas of land with a wide variety of climates and terrains. The tribes who inhabited these different areas all developed distinct ways of life, adapting to their surroundings and the available materials. Each region offered a different kind of staple, a different kind of building material. These remarkable diversity of peoples all shared some basic physical features attributable to a common Asian origin. Separate waves of migration via the Bering Strait at different times apparently account for the many linguistic families. Pre-Columbian peoples can be divided into several major cultural areas, including Eastern Woodlands, Plains, Great Basin, Plateau, Northwest Coast, California, Southeast, Southwest or Arido America, Mesoamerica, Arctic, and Subarctic. Within each of these divisions, there were some similarities in way of life and livelihood, but there were variations in dress, customs, laws, political structures, beliefs, and language including sign language developed in order to communicate with the many different tribes at crossroads of trade. Amerindians of the time did not share a common religion, although most revolved around the belief in many spirits. 
Knowing the extreme climactic and geographic realities of the continent, they allied themselves with nature, both physically and spiritually. Various tribes worshipped the forces of nature, including the sun, rain, wind, flood, drought, thunder, lightning, as well as plants, animals, and spirits of ancestors. They worshipped these various beings by means of private prayers and public ceremonies. Generally, their religious life was preoccupied with appeasing the spirits with offerings in order that their wrath might not be incurred. They believed in humans' dual nature, body and spirit. Harmony and reciprocity were central ideas in most native religions. Humans were part of nature, and nature was an interdependent rather than a hierarchical system. Nomad foragers roamed the land collecting plants and following the movement of wild beasts, while coastally adapted seafarers hunted marine mammals, caught fish, and harvested marine plants. Sometimes, life for the tribes in a certain geographic area revolved around a single species of animal that provided food, clothing, shelter, and other needs. Many tribes were semi-agricultural and partly dependent on gathering, hunting, and fishing. Others lived in settled villages and farmed the land. Some of them lived in beautiful cities, among the largest and most advanced in the world. Amerindians lived in many different types of homes, including houses made of bark, multi-storied apartment houses out of mud bricks, sturdy, round earth lodges, oval, domed houses covered with skins and mats, grass houses, cone-shaped structures covered with bark and mud, and teepees made from buffalo hide. All tribes developed their own tools and special arts and crafts forms. Everyday objects as well as unique ritual items were skillfully made and showed their sense of design and workmanship. Though most regions had no iron and few metal implements, tribes showed great ingenuity and cleverness in making use of available local resources. Metallurgy in pre-Columbian North America was the extraction, purification, and alloying of metals and metal crafting by indigenous peoples prior to European contact in the late 15th century. Indigenous North Americans used native metals from ancient times, with recent copper finds in the Great Lakes area dated to approximately 5000 BCE. The metal would have been found in nature without need for smelting and shaped into the desired form using hot and cold hammering without chemical alteration or alloying. To date, no evidence has been found that points to the use of melting, smelting, and casting in prehistoric eastern North America. Metallurgy in Mexico appeared in 800 CE and may have developed following contact with traders from parts of South America that had full metallurgy with smelting and various metals being purposely alloyed. The impact of agriculture in certain areas of pre-colonial North America cannot be underestimated. It quite literally changed everything. Because the supply of food became regular, reliable, and in some cases abundant, intensive agriculture and irrigation systems led to an increase in population and, as nomadic wanderings were no longer necessary, to a greater concentration of population. 
Crops implied staying close at hand to take care of them. A settled way of life led to different kinds of specialization in pottery, weaving, and architecture, and this specialization eventually gave rise to complex tribal organizations and often rigidly hierarchical social structures in certain areas of the continent. The discovery of agriculture stimulated the development of a number of highly sophisticated classical civilizations. Now, let's explore major, fascinating, pre-contact indigenous societies that flourished far from the oceans that bound America. The pre-colonial period incorporates the history of North America before the appearance of significant European influences on the continent, spanning the time of the original settlement by the first arrivals to European colonization. Many pre-colonial civilizations in North America were marked by permanent settlements, cities, agriculture, civic and monumental architecture, major earthworks, and complex societal hierarchies. Long before the first Europeans arrived, there were some 500 nations already in North America. They blanketed the continent from coast to coast, from the Gulf of Mexico to the Arctic. There were tens of millions of people speaking over 300 languages. Many of them lived in beautiful cities, among the largest and most advanced in the world. The various indigenous cultures collectively termed mound builders were prehistoric inhabitants of North America who, during a 5,000-year period, constructed various styles of earthen mounds for religious, ceremonial, burial, and elite residential purposes. These included the pre-Columbian cultures dating from roughly 3,500 B.C. to the 16th century A.D. and living in regions of the Great Lakes, the Ohio River Valley, and the Mississippi River Valley and its tributary waters. Having yet to find evidence of any written language, research and study of these cultures and peoples has been based mostly on archaeology and anthropology. The Cahokia Mound State Historic Site lies in southwestern Illinois, directly across the Mississippi River from modern St. Louis, Missouri. This historic park contains about 80 mounds, including Monk's Mound, roughly the same size at its base as Egypt's Great Pyramid of Giza. A series of large timber circles located near Monk's Mound is thought to be a solar calendar, capable of marking equinox and solstice sunrises and sunsets for the timing of the agricultural cycle and religious observances. Similar to England's Stonehenge, the Cahokia Woodhenge has been used to investigate archaeoastronomy. Annual equinox and solstice sunrise observation events are presently held at the reconstructed site. Cahokia became the most important center for the people known today as Mississippians. At its apex around 1100 AD, Cahokia covered 6 square miles or 16 kilometers and included 120 man-made earthen mounds in a wide range of sizes, shapes, and functions, such as elaborate burial practices. At this time, its population of over 20,000 may have briefly exceeded contemporaneous London. The site was eventually abandoned around 1300 due to environmental degradation factors, such as overhunting, deforestation, flooding, 
and possibly diseases, political collapse, and warfare. Cahokia was the largest and most influential urban settlement of the sophisticated Mississippian culture, which developed advanced societies with elaborate trading networks across much of what is now the central and southeastern United States, spanning eight centuries to the arrival of the first Europeans. The ancestral Puebloans, or Anasazi, were an ancient Native American culture that spanned the present-day Four Corners region of the USA, comprising southeastern Utah, northeastern Arizona, northwestern New Mexico, and southwestern Colorado. With roots dating back 9,000 years, they are best known for their immense complexes and unique architecture of 14 centuries ago. In their day, these ancient towns and cities were usually occupied by multi-storied and multi-purposed buildings surrounding open plazas and viewsheds. They were inhabited by hundreds to thousands of ancestral Pueblo peoples. These population complexes hosted cultural and civic events and infrastructure that supported a vast outlying region hundreds of miles away linked by elaborate transportation roadways. They lived in a range of structures that included small family pit houses, larger buildings to house clans, grand pueblos, and cliff-sided dwellings for defense. The ancestral Puebloans possessed a complex network that stretched across the Colorado Plateau, linking hundreds of communities and population centers. They were avid watchers of the sky and held a distinct knowledge of celestial sciences that found form in their architecture. Mesa Verde National Park is located in Montezuma County, Colorado, on a broad elevated flat plateau with cliff-like sides. The park protects some of the best-preserved ancestral Puebloan architectural sites in the United States. With more than 5,000 sites, including 600 cliff dwellings, it is the largest archaeological preserve in the country. Mesa Verde is best known for structures such as Cliff Palace, arranged so that the houses themselves formed a defensive wall. It is thought to be the largest cliff dwelling in North America. The Mesa Verdeans mastered their environment and lived in harmony with the landscape. They survived using a combination of hunting, gathering, and subsistence farming of crops such as beans, squash, and maize or corn. They built the Mesa or Plateau's first Pueblos sometime after 650 AD, and by the end of the 12th century, they began to construct the massive cliff dwellings for which the park is best known. By 1285, following a period of social and environmental instability driven by a series of severe and prolonged droughts, they abandoned the area and moved south to locations in Arizona and New Mexico. Between AD 900 and 1150, Chaco Canyon, located in northwestern New Mexico, was a major center of cultural and spirituality for the ancestral Puebloans. Chacoans quarried sandstone blocks and hauled timber from great distances, assembling 15 major Pueblo complexes that remained the largest buildings ever built in North America until the 19th century. Evidence of archaeoastronomy at Chaco suggests that many Chacoan buildings may have been aligned to capture the solar and lunar cycles, requiring generations of astronomical observations 
and centuries of skillfully coordinated construction. Climate change is thought to have led to the emigration of Chacoans and the eventual abandonment of the canyon, beginning with a 50-year drought commencing in 1130. Chaco Culture National Historic Park hosts a concentration of pueblos, containing the most sweeping collection of ancient ruins north of Mexico. The park preserves one of the most important pre-Columbian cultural and historical areas in the USA. The sites are considered sacred ancestral homelands by the modern-day Hopi and Pueblo people, who maintain oral accounts of their historical migration from Chaco and their spiritual relationship to the land. Next time, we will explore the first of many famous and celebrated Mesoamerican civilizations, the Olmecs, as we advance ever closer to the arrival of Europeans on the continent during the Great Age of Exploration. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the story. (laughs) 